episode of Design and Influence, DOI for short, where we deconstruct how to make technology a competitive advantage for architecture, design, and engineering firms. If you're running a firm, if you own a firm, if you work in executive leadership or IT in these in this industry, this is this show is for you. Today, my co-host Boris, CEO of ArcIT, and myself, Alex Osanenko, Growth VP of ArcIT, we're gonna dig deep into the home Wi-Fi, how to make, make the most out of your home Wi-Fi, because guess, guess what? A lot of you people are working from home and potentially will be for a little while, depending where you are in the country or what country you're in. Uh, this is worldwide cast, Boris, isn't it? This is a worldwide cast, and uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, good to see you again. And uh, what I also wanted to mention is the topics we're going to cover on this show are going to be some really tactical. So make sure um, if you're listening to this, watching this, share this with your employees, because this is something that, you know, I think everybody should be uh, looking at for their homes to make sure that they can improve uh, and be more efficient when working from home. Mm, Very good. Very good recommendation so we're going to share some tactical stuff so let's start start with your basic hygiene on the wi-fi setup we're home we plop our computer down in the office home office much like this or or home office much much like yours how do i as a you know regular homeowner and whatever employee how do i start thinking about optimizing is it is do i measure the signal first like how do i know my wi-fi is good man uh well you know your wi-fi is good as if you're not getting any when you're having your video conference meetings, you're not getting any freezes or pixelation or stuff like that, right? Uh, and that is usually, um, you know, that is usually the case with Wi-Fi. That's why I'm just going to throw this out right now. As an IT person, I always think the wire connection is the best, but obviously we can, we don't always have the chance to do that in our apartment or our home, right? And we want to use wireless because we want to be mobile and move around. So in order for us to be more efficient at using wireless and making our signal better, we want to make sure that we know what's going on around us as well, right? So when we first connect our laptop to our, you know, bring that home or try to connect it to our wireless, look at how many other networks um, are broadcasting within your range of your laptop, because that will tell you how much potential interference there is and how, you know, and that can affect your signal as well. So if you're just, you know, look and you see too many networks, then the next step would be, well, if I can, can I get into my Wi-Fi router and maybe change some settings around? One of the settings would be changing the channel um, that you're using. Most people by default use either channel one, channel six, or channel 11. That's how mm. the routers become pre-configured. You can, check, um, you can check what channel is less congested in your area or in your home and try to use that channel. Interesting. So is that the service we'd offer to our customers here at Arc IT? Uh, a lot of them are watching. So okay, just call Boris. Because um, <laughs> uh, like as a layman, as a user, like I'm an entrepreneur, I run businesses, I run growth. I don't know nothing about channels. Um, like if I get into the back end of the router, that's the extent of my experience. Now going flicking through that menus is, is pretty complicated. So call your IT provider as my recommendation, call your IT provider and ask them for their help with this, unless you're well-versed to this yourself, right? Yep. And so, but let me kind of recap. What you said is wired is the best. I'm like, I'm sitting six feet from my router and I still am on Wi-Fi because, you know, wired is running a wire through my beautiful office and tripping over it and my dog and my kids and, 
And unless it's like, as you said, unless it's pre-wired, it's very challenging to use wired. Although um, I probably recommend considering that for your key meetings. Like if you have that opportunity to plug that wire in, in the key meetings, you can. But now let's talk about Wi-Fi range. You know, we don't always have control at our homes where the router is. Like in the business, they'll, they'll put it up to the ceiling and they'll optimize the range. And it's like all these bubbles of coverage at home. What's, how do we think about range, Boris? What's, what's some of the advice you have? Well, I mean, it's always good to try and position the router uh, somewhere in the middle of, you know, of the house, right? So um, so that you can get, because basically the antenna coverage is kind of like a circle. Yeah, it flattens out in certain places, but you can think of it as a circle uh, that has, you know, that extends around the router. Probably for like your standard basic routers that your service provider gives you, uh, you know, it gives you about 30 feet of good coverage and then the coverage starts, the signal starts to, degradate, right? So putting the router in a central location would be the best. Now, obviously that's not always the case. And especially like, um, you know, when you do Comcast installs, the Comcast guy comes in and he's like, well, this is where the Comcast wire comes in. So that's where the router is going. And usually it's like, if you have a two-story house, it'd be somewhere downstairs. If you have a single story house, but it's, it's a large house, it'll be somewhere on a in a corner or outside wall that's far away from from the middle of the house. So what do we do in this case? So there's a few options that are available and we're gonna kind of go from the least expensive that works somewhat to, you know, to bigger and better things. So the easiest thing you can possibly do is get a, what they call a power extension line. So you can basically extend a Cat5 cable from your router using the power lines to another room in the house. Right. Um, so you would take that uh, power extender, plug it in where your router is, plug it into the router. And then there's another component to that power extender that you can put in another room in the house and you can connect another wireless access point to that. So you can broadcast more signal throughout your area. Now, the setup is not as it's a little more complex of a setup in terms of how many steps it requires and how many devices you have. And therefore, you know, it may not be the best suited for it. So I, I can speak to this method because that's the method I used. And, and so what Boris is talking about, let me just interpret this in the way I understand it, is that it, the signal comes out of the router. It goes through electrical cables within your house, electricity cables. It comes out from the other plug where you plug in that second part of your device. It plugs into another uh, extender or router, um, and that router provides additional bubble of coverage. That's the way it works, right, Boris? Yes, correct. So I was able to configure this myself with some help, um, not too complicated, but I went through three or four iterations of different product and wasted a little bit of money, quite a bit of money actually, before I got to something that works. Also, the challenge I found with this, Boris, is this. You plug into electrical outlet. If you're not on the same circuit as the other side of the plug in your electrical outlet, then it's not coming. Like I only have one plug in my office that connects to one plug out in the living room all other electrical plugs don't work. And so there was a lot of back and forth testing. Uh, so it's a little painful of a method. It's the least expensive one. And also the extender. Now I call that the other one the extender. And the extender bubble is not as fast, but adequate. Just. Correct. Well, and it, so for most applications, so it, it also depends on what kind of internet we have at home. Uh, I mean, most people 
although it's improving nowadays, but you have, you know, 300 megabits of service is probably the average for many people. Um, you know, if you're on Comcast or AT&T, not all of us have fiber in our house like you do, Alex. Uh, so uh, for that, <laughs> for that type of uh, service, uh, the throughput, you know, the throughput that this method provides is very similar, right? Because you're not going to get faster throughput um, that you get on the internet anyway. So it doesn't necessarily unless you run a, a network inside the house, it doesn't necessarily make a difference. Gotcha. So let's talk about next level up. Let's say I've exhausted this particular scenario. My circuits are all messed up. The signal is noisy. This is not working. What's next? What do I do next? Well, I'd say that the next level up would be, would be what we call and what the industry now calls the mesh network. Right. I think Google was probably one of the first players in there in terms of providing an actually good product for their mesh network, although their first iteration was not as good as their uh, next iteration uh, V2 that either has come out or radio is coming out in the next few months. Um, there's a couple of other players like the Amazon product and also Netgear has a great product as well. Now, I would call that kind of top of the line, uh, which you can do for your house. And it's basically buying this mesh network and it replaces your router, plugs in. So if you already have a router that's provided by the service provider, you basically need to disable the wireless on that and plug <clears throat> when you plug in this device. So this would be kind of the top of the line where it takes over all your internet connection and automatically configures everything to you know broadcast the signal throughout the house. Now these mesh networks can either contain two units or three units as a package. So you can basically put one where the router is and then spread the two out uh, throughout the house to make sure that you have adequate coverage. Uh, once you do that, you want to walk around with your laptop or your phone to kind of test the signal and make sure that you've properly placed um, your devices. I mean, these things cost around, I, I think the really good ones started about $500. So it could be a, a big investment for somebody to make for their home, but it's probably the best investment they can make. Now, what I want to focus on is if you're going to go this route, consider one of these, you know, top of the line options and don't go with the cheapy models that you can find on Amazon for a lot less um, and some, you know, some generic brands. What happens with those, even though they advertise as mesh networks, uh, they usually don't have the proper hardware to give you the coverage that you need. They usually skimp out on the radios inside of the, of the devices and basically make your signal a lot weaker um, than, it, than it needs to be. So you're spending the money, less money, but you have a lot more frustration. They're just not going to work. You end up replacing it, which has been a story for me and extenders. Like just end up replacing it in six months or less because it's deteriorates so quickly. Now, step one through electricity, extended through electricity. Step two, get Eero, uh, Google product or a network product, a Netgear product called Mesh Network, right? Mesh Network. Those are the three you recommend. Now you also talk, I've overheard you, uh, one of your trainings uh, you did for the customers, you were talking about router and what the router longevity is, uh, end of life, like kind of the the basic hygiene for the router itself. Can you talk through that a little bit? Sure. So if you're living in an apartment or a smaller house and, you know, your service provider's router is adequate enough to provide you, you know, good signal uh, where you're not having that many issues or dead spots in a coverage, you know, you don't feel like investing into these additional products will improve things for you. There's other, as you mentioned, there's other things that you can do with the router to make sure that it always provides the best performance possible. 
right? So one of the things we mentioned right in the beginning uh, is make sure that you choose the right channel, right? Because that would be very important. So choosing the channel that's not being populated by too many other access points uh, will give you a much better wireless coverage. Now, in addition to that, a lot of times what happens is like Comcast or AT&T will have their public Wi-Fi as part of your router. So they will send like Comcast public Wi-Fi signal is basically using your resources and your access point. So you hmm. have the option uh, inside. I know for Comcast for sure, you have the option inside of your Xfinity app to actually turn that off. So you want to make sure you turn that off. Do not broadcast public Wi-Fi signal because anybody who has a Comcast account can use it connect to your Wi-Fi uh, and basically stream videos, which will kill your signal. <laughs> well, I did not even think about it. This is such a crucial point, man. Thank you for making that point. Because I always, yeah, there's always a hot spot out being you know, streamed out through my router. I didn't realize it, it was public because if somebody's expanding, they can just put their login ID and stream off of my, it's like my neighbor could be using my, you know, uh, my Wi-Fi. This is such an interesting yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. I think I might be, I think I might be doing some of my router right after this call. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so to continue on that conversation, another thing you want to do, if you're leasing this equipment from Comcast or AT&T or whoever the provider is, uh, you're paying monthly fee for the lease of the equipment. Now I can tell you that they don't proactively, uh, <laughs> proactively reach out to you and tell you, Hey, your router is old. Can we come and replace it? They will not do that. Uh, so you want to be proactive. And if you find out that there's a new model of the router, uh, you want to give them a call and ask for replacement of the router. What that does is gives you always the latest equipment, which means that you'll always have top of the line performance from your equipment. Since you're already paying for the lease of it anyway, you should be doing that at least uh, once every two years. Wow. Okay, great feedback. So call your provider and make sure you have the latest equipment. And if you're not, you're, you're potentially are missing out on some uh, performance upgrades. All right, man. Well, so this has been this has been a, a action-packed or advice-packed few minutes uh, of an episode here. Any other parting words of wisdom on mm, some other tips and tricks? Anything else we didn't cover yet? Um, no, I, th I think we covered pretty much most of it now. Yeah, I think we covered pretty much most of it. Yeah, I think we have a good enough to-do list now if we come up with other uh, things that we're seeing out there that, that is working. And one other thing we're going to look into deeply is the 5G and how that might impact people who work from home. But right now it's a little early and we're still gathering information on because we're not going to give you advice without us initially knowing and testing the outcomes of that new technology. So uh, if you were listening, thank you very much. Go to ArcIT, get ArcIT.com. If you want to take it, check out what we do. We help architecture, engineering, and design firms use technology as their competitive advantage and we're IT provider for the industry. So thank you very much for watching. Uh, we'll see you next time. And remember, technology is your competitive advantage.